Hello and welcome to a Happy Mind podcast. My name is Sam and I'm an anxiety and mindset coach for women all over the world. This podcast is here to give you strategies, support and empowerment to take you away from anxiety, fear and insecurity and ready to thrive in your life just as you truly deserve. I want to become your motivator, your friend, your support and your coach. And this podcast is my virtual way to do that with you. Subscribe, review and enjoy this podcast because it really is my gift to you. Here is to your happy mind. Okay, so we're here for another episode and I've already told the person you're going to speak to about the intro and to be quite honest with you, they're literally so freaking excited, it's unreal, so you need to be prepared. Um, obviously, you know what's going to happen, but she didn't until about 10 seconds ago. So, can I get a whoop? Can I get a whoop, whoop? Oh my gosh, yes. So, you won't know who this person is yet, but you definitely know what she sounds like when she's whooping. And obviously, we want to be whooping because we're chatting on a happy mind. And that's what we want, happy minds. So, the person that I've got today is called Becky. And if you haven't stalked her, you definitely need to. She has the most amazing smile, which is slightly irrelevant to what I'm talking about, but I just think she's infectious. So you need to go and stalk her. Um, you're welcome. And she has her own company, which we're going to speak about loads anyway. And that's the purpose of this podcast today, because I know so many of you are in this boat of feeling like this around this topic. But it's called Alternatively Healthy, and it's all about the way we see ourselves, your wellness, your health and well-being, your body, and just basically being happy and healthy. So I'm going to not speak so much now and let Becky give you a tiny blurb, but just remember, you don't need to worry about trying to take any notes of websites or what she tells you, because I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. So you can just listen, enjoy, be in the moment, and then afterwards you can start stalking her. (laughs) So talk to us. Who are you? Um, God, who am I? So <laughs> for a long time, I don't think I really knew who I was. That's why now it's like I've nailed it. I know what I say every time someone asks me. <laughs> and I've just put it on lockdown. Um, I am uh, I'm an, a normal girl. I'd like to say that I am just a normal everyday girl who has battled with the same issues that every other girl has. But I happen to be a personal trainer. Um, and I happen to have, well, I've made massive career changes actually to get me to being a personal trainer. Um, but I am a marketing, advertising graduate. That's what I was doing for seven years. I was an advertising manager and I have always loved health and fitness. So I am now a personal trainer, a wellness coach, and I'm founder of Alternatively Healthy. Cool. And I know that, and we're going to speak about this loads as well, but I know that you speak really openly about your journey with anxiety and mental health and kind of what that looks like for you and I think it would just be nice to just give like a brief kind of like a character profile of yourself like what type of normal girl are you like where's life taken you and what have you experienced well I guess the kind of thing for me is like I would probably say starting at the beginning um I have always been a really like out there girl um from a kid I was bouncing on trees like flipping backwards everywhere as a gymnast I was thrown into gymnastics at the age of two dance a ballerina and my whole life was sport 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 I was crazy but there was always just kind of this burning thing inside of me that taught me I wasn't ever enough and that I wasn't good enough and that I was I was never quite the 
in the squad of the gymnastics team and I was never the number one person. I was kind of like an all-rounder at everything and good at everything, but never really exceeded in one particular thing. But I was just great at sports and I was... I think from a very young age really battled with confidence issues and um, just believing in myself enough. And you know what, it's been really interesting about now that now I'm in a different place and I've done a lot of self work and like looking back at my childhood and, you know, my mum was amazing to me. She told me every day how beautiful I was and I never really saw it. Mm. And um, yeah, so I don't know where it really stemmed from. I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that my dad died before I was born. So I had this like loss yeah. in my life I didn't know I had that I've kind of always been trying to make up for by being the loudest person in the room and having all everything I ever wanted and being a bit of a brat but yeah sports was a massive part of my life and um uh yeah I kind of I guess from a young age my body was my tool I always say my body was my tool and food was my fuel and it moved me in the most amazing ways it turned me upside down it flipped me over it kind of got me wherever I needed to get to with my sports mm. and then I got to the point where sports was kind of I did it at a level I did it at GCSE and then I was looking at all universities and I was looking at all the sports courses and just something wasn't right I was done being the like only girl in my class mm. with a bunch of guys um and I was done I kind of was like, where is this going to take me? So I actually went and looked at Bournemouth University and did advertising and marketing. So I really liked, like, liked one of my units, which was sponsorship mm-hmm. and events, um, which took me on a completely big, yeah, massive life-changing path. And I ended up doing advertising at uni, which was incredible, which then led me into working at Hearst Magazines as an advertising manager, working across, I guess, some of the most iconic brands in the UK. So I was working on Women's Health, Elle, Cosmo, um, Harper's Bazaar, Good Housekeeping, all of them. And I, yeah, and I think for me, I just really loved it and really enjoyed every kind of second of it. But what had happened is sport had no longer become part of my life. Um, I guess what I hadn't really mentioned is that like, I'd had, I was born with a lot of food intolerances as well. And a lot of sensitivities. So I had really bad hay fever, really bad asthma, really bad eczema, the whole lot. And and I hit puberty really early, which is also why I think my body confidence issues were like at an all-time low from a young age. I had boobs when I was at school, like primary school and I came on my period at primary school. And I think for me, a girl playing sports, it wasn't... And as a girl playing sports, I also developed my body yeah. in terms of muscles so I had abs when I was like 11 I had arms I was literally like built like a shipwreck house from a very young age and I think I found that really hard in terms of my body confidence too because my cousin was like this pretty little girl and my sister was the skinny girl and I was this like muscly I was still slim but I was like a muscly house and um yeah so I by the time I was working at Hearst actually what was really interesting is that I think I'd I'd been through a really bad breakup and my my confidence issues had really hit an all-time low in terms of what I looked like and who I was as a person. But I loved my career and I loved my job and I found myself um, being... Um, I got a promotion very young and I was found myself managing the department at 25 of 30 girls and a budget of like four million pounds. And I was like, okay, cool. Like It was the first time I think someone had really like believed in me enough and my abilities. And I was like... I've got this. So I started doing that and I, and, and, I, and I loved every second of it, but I was going through a lot of issues with myself and my own confidence. I was working out obsessively. I was eating very restrictively and I didn't really realize at the time it was restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't an eating disorder. I wasn't starving myself and I wasn't putting my fingers down my throat, but I just, it was all out of a place of having no confidence at all in myself. And I got really ill with my hormone imbalances and my food intolerances and I got a food infection and basically everything just hit 
the roof. So my asthma and my hay fever was really bad. My acne was really bad. I was so skinny at this point and didn't notice that I was. I'd kind of limit where I was struggling with all my food intolerances. I'd limited my food so much that I was like literally eating eggs, chicken and kind of like vegetables Mm. because I was following all of these diets that actually were about gut health and they weren't they weren't actually about me being skinnier they were actually about me trying to mend myself but then I kind of got all this fear around food and what I looked like so I started sharing what I was learning on my journey and I realized that I wasn't alone with IBS every single girl in my department had IBS Mm. um and every single one seemed to have hormone issues and every single one like didn't really have much love for themselves and I started blogging but I guess from the get-go it was always as a magazine it was always as alternatively healthy and then as the kind of years went by, I was like, right, I'm getting my PT qualification. And then all of a sudden I found myself living this double life where I was basically juggling three jobs. Um, and I was overworking, you know, I was getting up in the morning, PTing clients, going to work, PTing cl- and, and training myself and then, and then PTing clients at lunchtime and then going to the gym. As I was manager, I kind of had flexibility. I could go to the gym at like two o'clock in the afternoon if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and something just had to give. And I just, I, yeah. I don't know, because I, 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 I guess my journey is, that's kind of where it all began again in terms of confidence. And I know we're going to be talking about like body confidence and stuff today, but I think it all roots down to genuine self-love for yourself, whether it's for your body or for any, for believing in yourself enough to change your career. It all came for me down to not loving myself enough and not believing I was enough for anyone. Um, so I had this like big decision on my hands, like, do I stay where I am in this incredible corporate career where I'm set to like really go quite high or mm. do I believe in what I love and, and start on kind of like the health, the health career? Mm. So I did both, built myself up to the point where I knew I could leave because I'd worked so much on the outside as well as that. And um, yeah, took the jump and left. And then I spent two years full-time PTing. Mm. And that was where for me, it kind of was game-changing to who I am now and and what I saw because every single girl that came to me for PT sessions, I always say that I think PTs are the first point of call when someone's unhappy with their appearance. They don't go to a nutritionist. They don't go to the doctor. They come to a personal trainer because it's cool. Yeah. So I found that I was attracting all of these girls from Instagram who were, most of them were in very good shape. And even if they weren't in good shape, no, no one had any love for themselves. Everyone hated themselves. And, and, And actually what was really interesting is they were all just reflections of me. And there I was helping them and I loved every second of helping them. And I, I had every bit of wisdom when I was helping them, but I was like, hang on a minute, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. And um, I kind of noticed the big issue in this industry that we have at the moment with health, that actually there are a lot of people who are striving for this healthy aesthetic um, and actually they're not working from the inside first. So I'm a big believer of working on your insides first. So that's where I am today. <laughs> oh gosh, do you know, like, as you were talking, this is not about me at all. And my community talk to me all the time. But when you were talking, I just, so much of what you have said has resonated with me as an individual. Um, and obviously, you know, if I'm really honest, actually sort of triggered me a little bit to just really see that I was so similar to this and so much of what you were saying I can relate to. And I actually really do appreciate that because it is really difficult when you see someone at the end of the journey living a life that they do love and they're thriving and they're happy to really understand the backstory and how actually getting to that point 
is a journey and one that does take time and effort and you know heartache and disappointment and struggle for you to come out the other side and I just I really like that you've you you are just the epitome of yeah I yeah so I'm rambling a little bit but Uh, I think it's also like I'm still growing and still learning and I'm really honest with my community about that whenever I'm helping people I'm like every time I help you I help me and every time I'm not claiming to be um the healthiest person in the world or the guru that knows it all or has the answers to all what I'm trying to do is create a community with alternatively healthy where it's written by experts and I'm bringing as much as as much and as many people as I can together to help people really start tuning into themselves and listening to themselves and um, I mean that story is kind of half the story because there was actually a whole story with the magazine I actually pitched it to Hearst I actually pitched Alternatively Healthy to Hearst and they led me down this massive path. And it's a whole nother story of, of just pure belief in yourself. But, you know, they told me that they wanted to use all my ideas basically on other magazines, which you'll see in Women's Health and other, other, other titles. But I believed in my vision enough and they were like, well, it doesn't work when you do it on your own. Businesses don't work. You won't be able to do it on your own. And a lot of that fear got stuck in me. Yeah. Um, and when I left, that's why I PT'd is because I didn't believe in myself enough to launch the magazine. Mm. But actually, I now look back at that and I'm like, wow, I learned so much about women and how little love we have for ourselves in that two years that now I can actually shape alternatively healthy to be as useful to women as it, as it possibly can because mm. it's so vital in every element of your life that you have love for the way that you look and actually really lose how important it is to how you look. It's really not that important. I love that though as well because you know that's everything I stand for you're just like you said at the beginning a normal girl you're not claiming to have all the answers or live the most perfect idealistic life you're doing it honestly and genuinely and I think that's what people can relate to the most the fact that you are just living the life the best you can but also as honestly as you can so I kind of want to talk about a few people that I know or some personas of girls and people that I know will be listening to this and see if you can just give them a few bits of advice based on their persona, where they are at their life in the moment. Absolutely. So for the girl who is, you know, really thriving at work and she is doing really well, similar to, you know, where you have come from and where you were in your corporate job but working really really hard burning the candle at both ends going to the gym all the time but just always feeling tired and lethargic and not necessarily doing things in the right way what would you do or say to the person to try and bring balance back into their life but not be in a situation where they feel they can't exercise or they have to give something up I think for me, the biggest thing that I say to people is I think people need to ask themselves why they're going to the gym again, because I think what happened was five years ago when the health industry went crazy, we kind of were going because we, we heard it was better to move more and, and look after ourselves. And perhaps people weren't moving more. You know, we weren't. We weren't moving. We weren't eating healthily. And I think what's happened is for the last five years, everyone's been doing it. We've all got sucked into this like obsession with it with through social media and what whatnot. And actually nobody's really tuned into themselves and asked why. Because my biggest thing is when you ask yourself why, everyone always says, oh, because I want to look good. Mm. But actually, like, and then you say, okay, well, why do you want to look good? And they said, well, really, um, it makes me feel good. So I'm like, well, actually, you're chasing feeling good. So what if I told you that you didn't have to look good to feel good? And what things could you do in your life to feel good? So for someone that's working super hard, I mean, I was that girl. I actually was working 
yeah, training, working, all of those things you describe, and actually it can hinder your weight loss journey yeah. and you cannot see results. And I bet that that person that's doing that hasn't lost any weight or are probably actually overweight in certain places or carrying fat in certain places because what happens is your cortisol levels you're living in a flight or fight mode all the time if you're that busy or if you're that busy and you're running around and you're trying to get a workout in you're living in a, a simp- like a different nervous system called the sympathetic nervous system and basically you're in flight or fight mode all the time which means your cortisol levels are always high all the time which means that you then burn glycogen and sugar as your fuel instead of fat because your body is desperately trying to keep afloat your body is an incredible thing and I think that's the one thing I try and get people to realize is actually how amazing your body is no matter how many times you talk to it like shit it will it will love you no matter how many times your heart breaks it will heal and no matter you know you get that gut feeling and I think it's the same thing as when you're overtraining your body will do everything it possibly can to help give you all the energy you need so it will actually physically burn Mm. um sugar instead of fat so you're using a different energy source so you won't see results anywhere and it was a really big lesson for me and I didn't I didn't take the lesson by choice I got injured the world quite literally threw me off my feet and made me get an injury so bad that I couldn't work out for two months and in that two months my life changed I went away and I traveled lots and I launched alternatively healthy and I realized there was so much more than to ensuring I was getting to the gym and actually I always say to people you know what if you are busy and you trip up over and you can't find your keys but you've got to get to the gym there are, there's just so much more important things than going to the gym and for me having that time off my body actually loved me for it and thanked me for it and I actually saw my weight drop off um and actually it was amazing it was like complete opposite to what I thought was going to happen happened yeah that's so that's so important actually exactly what you said maybe when you're rushing to get to the gym it's not actually the place you need to be going you know like it's it's so ironic because you do feel like you're having to get somewhere because you've committed to going to that class or going at that time actually are you going because you want to or is then an obligation rather than a genuine want to go and I'm saying I basically my biggest thing is I say are you going to the gym from a place of love and if you're not then turn back around so if you're walking into that gym and you're going from a place of guilt or you're you know I used I used to be that girl that walked into the gym and I was already angry before I even got there because I hated my body so much before I got there and I was going because I hated my body not because I loved my body and the moment I started loving my body enough and actually realizing how incredible it was and loving it for the way it looked when I was going into the gym I was going in a different mindset Mm -hmm. I was going to the gym like okay do you know what I've left good amount of time I'm not rushing this and I'm going because I want to move my body it feels great to move it all of a sudden you get a completely different but too many of us are walking into that gym you know I see people doing it all the time they're like well I've got to get my workout in and I'm like I don't think you realize it's going to have no benefit to you because your your cortisol levels are so so high and you're just so stressed you're never going to get out of that workout what you think you're going to get out of it it's it's all lies when people say that they need to go there to de-stress yeah that's that was actually really leading on to my next question so then you've got the person who feels really insecure within themselves but portrays themselves in a really confident way so very similar to you or I you know quite the loud one very outgoing on the external but internally not quite feeling the way that they're portraying themselves so therefore they might do things to distract them from what needs to happen so they might not necessarily be so for example if I take myself you know I wasn't necessarily overweight or really um malnourishing myself but I was really unhealthy I wouldn't eat meals 
at the appropriate times. I wouldn't eat all of the different types of meals and components that I need in my diet. And as a PE teacher, I was constantly active and always busy, but I would eat couscous for lunch, just couscous, because my level of control, I'd been through so much that was out of my control that I wanted to control something. And for me, that was, let's at least just control what I deemed at the time to be healthy and obviously couscous you know I thought for some reason I don't know why I was like 21 but um so I portrayed on the outside this really outgoing person but really inside I wasn't giving myself anything that I truly needed how would you what would you advise someone does to start shifting from that if it wasn't just full-blown only eat salads or start exercising where do you think they should start I just I believe the work the outside is always from the inside and I think that's where it's got to start and I think when you're one of the I mean I was that person and to some extent I I still am and it wasn't it wasn't I was unhappy and pretending to be happy in these circles like I was happy I am a loud person that's just me but I wasn't I was unhappy so deeply that I didn't kind of know about it and I think it's it's really about asking yourself questions as to like why are you behaving in that way is that because you want people to like you and because you don't like you because for the moment you like you you won't really care if other people do or don't like you so that's like the first thing I would say is like really drop what you are worrying about others thinking of you because that is quite often when people go into a room and they're like you know what guys I'm really happy um like I'm a size I've dropped a jean size meanwhile you're putting a jean size up like I I know a lot of people that do that and I think it's just all because they really measure other people's thoughts on them as being important when really I think a lot more needs to come to us being important and us our opinion of ourselves being important. If you don't love yourself, no one else will. Like it really is a true thing. And and I and I think when it comes to like your relationship with food and and, and nutrition, that all falls into place when you do have that love for yourself. So if you're in a place where you're like, do you know what? I don't need to be the the kind of life and soul of the party, or I don't need other people's okay so put social media for example for a long time I was basing my success on how many people liked my post it's the same as going into a room and being the loud mouth and actually it's really irrelevant to my happiness and it really is irrelevant to my like feeding of my soul so now I the likes and the like the engagement and the followers are relevant to me but nothing makes me feel better than when someone messages me saying you changed my life today I deleted the calorie counter on my phone for the first time ever and I think we've all got to start asking ourselves what really truly makes us happy and what kind of like lights us up and what makes us feel genuinely good from the inside because most people if you said to them when was the last time you felt really warm and happy inside most people would say it was when they were doing something else for someone else 100 I bet and I think that's why so many of us have had transitions. But yeah, I, I would just I would just say to someone who is going into those environments but actually is really not very confident is that they need to spend more time on their own, getting to know themselves, asking themselves what they enjoy, yeah. what makes them happy and what they don't enjoy and actually take themselves away from those circles of people who make them feel like they have to behave like that, which is probably one of the hardest things that a lot of people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. But I've had to lose a lot of people in my life who, you know, took the piss when I started my own channel mm-hmm. and... And, and didn't understand why I was doing it. And still now, my friends all take the piss out of me sometimes. Like, oh, are you going to blog that? And are you going to do this? Or should we put that up on Instagram? And they laugh. And I'm like, you laugh, but I'm helping people. Yeah. What are you doing? And actually, you just have to, And I think that's the difference is you, I've stepped away from a lot of people that I felt, felt like I needed to be that person in front of. So I want to kind of ask you questions because, say if someone was listening to this, it's different for me because I already 
feel like I know your personality and I've sort of like I stalk you so I can't like, <laughs> more about you but I think for someone listening I always like to paint a picture and I know that they'll be itching to ask you questions but obviously they're listening so they can't so I'm going to try and imagine if I was them the sort of things that I want to ask you so that they can have their quick fix and their quick answers of a piece of Becky do you see what I mean yeah cool so if you were a novice and you've never been to the gym, but you do want to become healthier, so you are in that position where you think, do you know what, listening to this, I do want to start loving myself. I do yeah. want to show myself love and I do want to make my body feel love from myself. Like genuinely, I want to look after myself, but I don't want to suddenly drop five stone and feel like I can't enjoy food, but I do want to start loving myself. What would be a very simple thing, strategy, activity, whatever it might be that you would say, do you know what girl, start there? Oh, good question. Um, okay. Again, I, w- I don't like telling people what to do exercise wise because it really has to be what they enjoy. Mm. So I would say maybe go to a few different classes and figure out what you enjoy doing um, mm. because everyone is really different. And the simple rule of thumb is just move. Like it really doesn't matter if you're weight training. It doesn't matter if you're cardioing. It doesn't matter if you're balleting. Like it just doesn't matter as long as you're moving. Mm. If that's your goal, if your goal is purely just to feel good and shift a couple of pounds and it's okay to want to shift a couple of pounds. I think there's a lot of you know, people coming around being like, you can't, you don't want to lose weight. And there's a certain audience of people who I'm like, you really don't need to lose weight. And then there's a certain audience of people who I'm like, yeah, fair enough. I would say, so definitely get to grips with like what you enjoy, if you enjoy swimming. And so just play around with things like that. I would definitely say go in with it, with the mentality of easing yourself in. Like you're going to hate life if you just hammer it all of a sudden, start working out for five days a week, start with one or two, start with doing things like instead of getting the bus walk, and I don't think that goes far enough. I don't think people really realize like it's called neat. So it's like your non-exercise activity. And just by upping things like, like I watched my mum, you know, my mum's 65, wants to work out, wants to get fit, but has joint problems, realistically doesn't really want to start seeing a PT. But she just wants to move more. So I'd get her to come to the gym with me and we'd go for long walks or we just started get like, you know, going for long walks outside. I don't think you can beat walking outside in the fresh air and the natural environment um cycling places if you've got that in you if you can cycle to work cycle to work so I would always say to people that want to just ease themselves in is all definitely go into it with a kind of a slow mentality and a steady mentality because then your mindset to kind of whatever goal you have out of it will also be a steady patient one rather than like a quick fix mm-hmm. I'm sure most people listening to this have done the quick fix and like gone to the gym and starved themselves or gone on a like slimming world diet or something just to get that like six week transformation and then put all the weight back on anyway yeah what about if you were the person and obviously I know this really relates to you so I know that everyone will be really itching for your answer so obviously mental health and anxiety is something that you talk about a lot and you've been really open with that I think and this was the same for me I I found when I did exercise that was um so for example if I was to do like team exercise which I don't like doing so I don't do it anymore that would make me feel more anxious because I would feel like I have to try and keep up with everyone and if I I used to go to classes a lot but actually then for my mental health I did find myself kind of was I lifting the heaviest weights was I doing the best I could be doing am I looking the worst should I stand at the front all of those things which I've managed and overcome myself but if you 
if your anxiety kind of gets worse in inverted brackets or it, you feel like it's exacerbating with the exercises that you're doing, what did what do you do that makes you feel better like mentally and what do you kind of steer away from? You have to just, if, if you're in a, any kind of environment that makes you, your levels of anxiety rise or make you feel like you're competing with anyone, you, there really is nothing to do than take yourself out of that environment. So like you said, you don't do those anymore so I also am someone who is in the fitness industry and I, I get invited to events all the time where now there's a lot of girls obviously when I started this I was 21 I was I was one of those girls that could go and do like four workouts a day and I'm, I'm now not that person um <laughs> and you know I go to these events and I see them all like who can be who can burn the most calories and for me I'm just like that's not that's not what this industry is about it's not there to make people feel like crap it's really you're not you're really not meant to walk out of there feeling worse. So again, it's just coming down to asking yourself, like, what does make you feel good? So if you are some, some people absolutely love going to classes because for them, it's a social environment and they love going with their friends and there's no like competitive side of it and they love it. And there are also some people who absolutely love competition and they doesn't, it doesn't affect them on, on the negative side. But I think from my perspective, like I've learned as I've got older, for example, when I go to the gym and do like hit training or weight training now, so quite high intensity stuff, I actually come out really anxious, quite on edge and very like aggressive. Mm -hmm. So for me, my life now, I, I still do those exercises and I still PT my clients using them, but I'm, I'm such a big believer of having restorative practice. So whether it's yoga, Pilates, going on long walks, and for me, like the biggest thing that's changed my life is meditation and I just can't can't stress enough that that has really like I mean I suffered with anxiety for years around relationships around my body image around my food around my career just in general like severe my biggest anxiety is about being out of control of my body so if I hurt myself I get really panicky if like it's so pathetic but like if I hurt myself that my my arm might fall off I don't know what it is I just it's it's being in control it's not having control and that's one of the biggest things I see with people with anxiety is they're like, well, if I don't go to the gym six days a week, my anxiety rises because I'm anxious I'm going to put weight on. Mm -hmm. Or if I do go to the gym and then I miss a session, my anxiety rises because I've got the guilt from not going. There really is science behind taking deeper breaths. Yeah. <laughs> it literally calms your nervous system down. And um, for me, it's you don't have to do it to music and in some weird and wonderful way it really is just breathing and you can do it while you're just even on the tube on the way to work just breathe, change your breathing method that's what I was going to ask you actually is my next question because I think um so many people that like you said the fitness industry is massive now and health and exercise and well-being we hear about it all the time but from somebody that's in that and obviously when people do stalk you and see what you do and where you're where your energy is in a lot of your time, like you said, at these events and PTing and in the health and exercise industry. But there's a whole other side to you that, of course, people wouldn't necessarily know unless they get to know you more, like you've just said, around how anxiety made you feel and the things that used to make you think about and what you really struggle with. Outside of exercise, and you've mentioned meditation, so I think you'll probably talk about this a bit more, but outside of exercise, what do you do to manage and overcome your own anxieties? Um, so there are things that I changed. So like I, there are like lifestyle things that I changed and diet things that I changed. So I don't have coffee at all in my diet. Mm -hmm. The moment I got rid of coffee, my anxiety changed. Like I can't even explain to you. Um, I don't sit on my phone or do any work like a good hour and a half before I go to bed. It's like a rule of thumb um, mm -hmm. that made me sleep better. So 
I was already and I like would read a really good book before I go to bed or something that's really quite uplifting so I, there's a lot I, I'm really into self-help books so I read a lot of them and they kind of just put me to sleep in a good mood mm-hmm. then when I wake up in the morning I also I, I meditate so sometimes that is like a 30 minute thing and sometimes it is literally just a five minute thing of breathing um but I also think and I don't know how much your guys will know about this but journaling is unreal like I got in it's so interesting because I do my own podcast too and I've interviewed so many people on whatever walk of life they're talking about when it comes to health whether it's nutrition self-confidence anxiety inflammation and gut health every single person is like saying at the bottom of it is meditation and journaling so journaling is like Getting to know yourself. So if you're in an angsty mood, there's always a reason why. Sometimes there's not, but there usually is an underlying reason. So ask yourself how you're feeling and why. And I can't explain to you, there's just something when you put pen to paper that you get answers you didn't know even were there. I've, I've answered things like when I had anxiety around... Um, oh no, I remember I was talking to my friend and I was like, for some reason, whenever I'm meant to be going on a date with a guy, they always bail. They always, always end up bailing. And it's not always them being like mean either sometimes they're literally like oh my god I can't make today but I can see you tomorrow like it's not always them being and I said to my friend I was like and she's a love coach and I was like I think you know her Persia yeah (laughs) she's who introduced us and I said to her what is it because I know it's me it's something to do with me it's always a reflection of you and she went ask yourself journal meditate and I kept meditating the answer didn't come and then I started writing like what is it and it just came out that it was me I have commitment issues I'm petrified and sometimes when you don't put pen to paper you don't get the answers you want I've had I've had to sit down and write to myself before like what makes me happy you know if people are trying to change careers they're quite often so there's so much going on in their head that they never like put it all to paper so sometimes just simply saying to yourself how am I feeling this morning you can write and things yeah it just all kind of unfolds and all of those things have really really limited my anxiety like really have and then I take like natural supplements as well like ashwagandha and I use a lot of essential oils and put frankincense incense and stuff on but I love that it's my favorite but like you don't have to do all of that stuff it's just I don't know my there's things you can do while you're just walking down the street just breathing more like I call them backpack meditations Mm. and in terms of like your I love those by the way I I do all of those things I think that's really important and I think it's also really important for people to know that when they are looking at somebody that seems to have this and I use this in inverted brackets again like the perfect body or the perfect health or the perfect active lifestyle and they look at that and they think actually they're not the things that change their mental well-being it's all the other things they do the the routines they put in place exactly like you're saying all of the other positive habits not being on your phone not having the coffee as a stimulant not uh, you know reading books meditating journaling these are all really practical ways that people can do to increase their own confidence their body image how they feel about themselves and it doesn't involve exercise at all yeah oh my god it's really it's really it's a tough one for me coming because I'm not as in the industry my place has changed I'm a PT yeah we get up and get fit and love their bodies and and work for a better body and actually I'm completely flipping on its head Mm. and I'm like people are like are you PTing anyone I'm like the the, the, the point is, is that I had the perfect body. I had the perfect body. Mm-hmm. I was not, you know, I was toned. I had curves. I had, a, I had abs. I had boobs. Like I was, I didn't look too skinny because my boobs was, I, I didn't, I hated myself even when I had the perfect body. Like I hated myself when I didn't see that I had the perfect body and I was unhappy and 
really unhappy and now I I appreciate my body for what it is so I have I still have a good like you know it's not amazing it's not what it used to be but I just love it for the way that it is I love it for the imperfections because I'm happy I'm happy it's Mm -hmm. so interesting how when you stop chasing just a good body and you start chasing being happy the way your relationship with exercise changes and your a lot of anxiety I'm sure you know more than anyone comes from people's need to control and not be able to let go and surrender that like things will be if they're meant to be and everything will work out if you believe that they will work out and it does it really really sounds so woo-woo and unbelievable until you actually have a moment of where you really truly believe in something and it will happen Mm. I've got two more questions yeah on what you said around your body now and obviously you know I have seen pictures and yeah you did have a great body but obviously it doesn't matter what anyone else says it's how you felt in yourself so as times changed and your body's evolved and it is what it is now but you appreciate and love it so much more if you're speaking to somebody that has a normal life you know normal job and they do everything they normally would they do exercise and everything's just what it should be but they still don't you know they don't love themselves but their body's changed maybe they've had a baby or maybe they've stopped doing the weightlifting or they've changed their form of exercise because they got an injury or you know something's happened how or what do you think's been the biggest shift in terms of to get to this point that you're at now where you say, you know, I am happy with my body and I appreciate what it is now rather than when it was perfect, I didn't love it. What's been the biggest shift to get you to this point? I think for me, it really is tuning into me and asking me more questions as to what feels good for me and what mm-hmm. what good and, and focusing on the good so I mean I spent six months every morning looking in the mirror telling myself that I was beautiful and that I was, like my body was amazing like it's weird like affirmations yeah but I would stand in front of the mirror yeah so someone I remember saying to a really good friend of mine I was she's she's a like a life motivational coach and I am lucky to have these people in my life because I don't actually have to go and see them but I get to ask them advice and I said to her you know I always get called the sexy girl I never get called beautiful unless it's by my mum so boys and girls are always like you're so fit you're so sexy you dress so well and they never tell me I'm beautiful or stunning and she was like well do you ever tell yourself you're beautiful and you're stunning and I was like no she was like and how do you dress I was like sexy she was like, exactly. She was like, start telling yourself you're beautiful. Honestly, things the, the power of your words are amazing and the power of your thoughts are even more amazing. And this is what I'm trying to make people see that if you even think to yourself, you know, you get up and I was that girl that got up and looked at myself in the mirror, pulled a bit of fat on my stomach and was just like, ugh, you're revolting. I was also that girl that joked all day being like, oh my God, I'm such a fat cow and thought it was hilarious. I wasn't actually being like mean to myself. I was just like, oh my God, I'm such a pig. I'm so gross and so fat. Oh my God, I'm disgusting at the moment. Your body hears everything. It's the most incredible thing. And it, and it, and it responds to it. And it, until the moment you can stand in front of a mirror and tell yourself that you are beautiful just the way you are, nothing else will change and I, and honestly I really believe at the root of everyone's confidence issues anxiety relationships with food it all stems down to loving themselves enough it really does and if you know when you love yourself enough you you love yourself enough to not let people be in your life that aren't serving you you love yourself enough to eat the food that nourishes your body you love yourself enough to move in ways that feel good like it, it changes life and that, that really only, you really only can do that by focusing on the good things about you. So writing down in the morning, the, the, the bits about your body you love. Why? Yeah. Why do you love your hips? Well, because they like walk your legs and they help you have children, you know, like, yeah, it's really a, most, a powerful thing. And when you really understand the, 
the science behind how a body changes when you're restricting your diet, you know, your body physically adapts to keep you alive when you're restricting your diet and slows your metabolism down. Like it's the most incredible thing. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. And then I could literally speak to you all day, but obviously I know we can't speak forever because people do not have endless hours in the day to talk to us. But my final question is, if someone, well, you never know, actually, Becky, maybe they do have endless hours in the day to just speak to us. You never know. Um, If someone was to, at the end of this, obviously do what people normally do and find out more about you, but then we want them to kind of take action. So we want them to do something positive for themselves, you know, and this is a, I talk about this all the time. It's not so much just the listening that's important, it's then how they implement this into their everyday life. If there was one book that you've read that did have a big impact on you in loving yourself more and shifting from like anxious and being nasty to yourself and actually having that compassion and love for yourself and shifting how you saw your body and all of those things, what book would you say, do you know what, go and buy this book? Oh my God. Um, Okay. I am such a sucker for so many books. So the first book I think I ever really read that really changed my mindset wasn't necessarily on body, but it changed my mindset on life. So Mm -hmm. just general life was The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein. Oh my God, me too. She is, I mean, for me, that was the beginning of of my whole journey, my whole change. Um, And I think what I did was then applied it to my line of work. So, I mean, every girl that has confidence issues with their body tend to also have confidence issues. Like, you know, it's still the same thing. It's the belief in yourself. It's the belief in the universe. It's the belief in letting go and letting things take like its own way. So for me, that book was the the start. But then since then, I've read books like There's a Spiritual Solution to Every um, Problem by Wayne Dyer, Return to Love by Marianne Williams. A lot of them are spiritual books, but I then twist them to like the everyday girl because I don't think they're really written for us. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't really think they're written in our language. There's a lot of talk about God. And whilst I'm a believer in, in the universe and more, a lot more spiritual things, I do think like each to their own. And yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I love, okay. Um, <laughs> universe has your back is that was my turning point as well. So I literally love that. And the other two I haven't read. So they're on my list now. Yeah. So I mean, like the, um, Oh, the never-ending to do the rushing women syndrome and the effect of oh, a yeah. never-ending list by Gab, like, uh, by Dr. Libby, like that made me think about our bodies and like what we're doing to them. Um, so yeah, it's just a number of things, but I, I think it's just I applied all those beliefs from the spiritual lessons that Gabby like Bernstein talks about to my my situation and how little love I had for me and my body, and then it was kind of a oh my god moment I think I had where I was like wow I've been chasing all the wrong things. I love that. So I just want to quickly kind of recap in terms of the things that you now do to love yourself and show yourself love and compassion. And it's not all just around trying to fit in with everyone else and conform and have this lifestyle that everyone thinks that you should have and you should exercise five times a week or you should go in a lunch break and all those things. Affirmations, you use affirmations and you have used them to sort of shift how you felt about yourself in a really big way. Yeah. Um, being able to have and ask questions to yourself. So always ask yourself, why are you doing it? Is it really for you or is it because you think you should be doing it? Yeah. Also the fact of the talking to yourself in the mirror, you know, when you were saying about what you're grateful for. So not just the affirmations, but then actually sitting and thinking, what is it that you do love about yourself and why do you love it? So that's probably the, probably the most important thing. Okay, perfect. And then meditating and journaling. 
and then having more mindful moments. So like you said, when you're walking to work or you're breathing and walking instead of getting the bus or cycling, spending more time with your own thoughts. Absolutely. I walk now and don't have my phone out when I walk because I think we've all kind of walked around life now, not really believing in the incredibleness that's out there. So, so many opportunities are passing away because we're on our phone as we're walking. Yeah. I walk now and I look for amazing things and a lot of my friends know that I'm like obsessed with butterflies they come up everywhere and it's because I look for them I expect them if you've got your head in your phone you won't see your signs so I love that not being on your phone at night as well I forgot that one but that's so important so actually having that downtime okay I love that and I I actually really like the fact that this hasn't just been focused around what I thought we might talk about it's been much more like holistic which actually I think is so much more relatable for people listening to this because in terms of having the balance, unless you're in the industry, so for example, like personal training or for me, PE teaching, and unless you're in that where you're, you have that active lifestyle anyway, it's not something you'll be doing all the time every day. You'll have a job or you'll have a family and you'll have to then fit exercise in. And I'm really glad that we've covered so much about lifestyle and your well-being and your happiness and not just around the health so I'm really glad that it's kind of taken that turn and thank you for being so open with you know your your whole life not just that (laughs) well I also just think it's I think it's all linked I don't think you can pick out one part and I also do think you know what we've all tried everything we've all tried to watch our food we've all tried to go to the gym more and it kind of hasn't worked and a lot of people that have never kind of like delved into the holistic side of things are skeptical of it because it's such a big lifestyle change it's such a big mindset change but when it happens and the shift happens it's like oh my god can't believe it's taken me this long so yeah I love that and I honestly I'm so grateful that you have been so open and just shared basically a little slice of yourself with me and everyone listening I really do genuinely appreciate that Thank you so much for having me. And Oh, you're welcome. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I will put, like I said at the very start, I'm going to put all of the links. So you can get Becky's website, you can get her social media, you can get her podcast. I'll just put it all in the notes. So you don't have to worry about trying to go back and find that. So I'll put that all in there for you. And obviously, if you do want to stalk Becky and ask more about her, then please just go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel like my job's do- like I'm doing my job. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm already a full blown stalker, so that's totally yeah. fine. <laughs> Unless people are sliding into my DMs, I don't feel like I'm doing my job properly. So, oh my god, girls, did you hear that? Slide into those DMs, do it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, and hopefully, I'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Bye.